Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower, here with the Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on Truth Social, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Getter, Tumblr, and Linktree. And you can listen and download our shows by going to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post, End of Days, The Gathering of Ephraim. In these end of days, there are the lost tribes of Israel, and they are lost, but they are being gathered from among the nations, and in this they will be found. Do not miss this post, Global Socialism American Style. Global Socialism American Style is common today as Americans swallow political speak from the socialist-minded politicians. It is, if it, it is as if they ignore the real reality of true Marxist socialism. Do not miss this post. Season of Prophecy, Shaking of Nations Seasons of Prophecy bring to the forefront the shaking of nations. Here men and nations with their own agendas. From a movement of rebellion to seduce the world. And the latest post on warn-usa.com, do not miss this post, not rejoicing, it's judgment. Isaiah's prophetic book, part 43 on battle lines, not rejoicing, it's judgment. And you can be sure, this was no picnic. Judgment of the Lord God is all-inclusive to where it's sent. Yet the nations around about the nation judged also feel the effects. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. It's a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. And The Rising details a takeover of America. When he who opposes rises, believers overcome by faith. We continue the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, He battles to survive the forces bent on destroying him and America, having escaped death many times. Can Mac save the United States? Find out by getting your copy of The Rising. Go to danaglinsmith.com and visit the Christian Books and Resource Shop, and there you will find The Rising. And also, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter at danaglinsmith.com and now I welcome in the watchman you're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. I would say it's Friday, but it's not Friday. 
I'm ready for Friday. I'm always ready for Friday. Me too. I'm tired. Just like I'm ready for summer all the time. <laughs> Can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, cake, you know, that's a whole other issue. I can have my cake and eat it too. Why would you want to have a cake and not eat it too? Well, that is just what I'm saying. So, you know, there's a lot of things in philosophy that people may not understand, but having your cake and eat it too, that sounds okay. <coughs> well, tonight we're going to be in Isaiah again. That's and good. We did want to talk a little bit about this, not much, but we are going to be moving the whole thing we have, our uh, our studio, our house, everything we got. We're going to be doing a relocation and uh, setting things up. So we could be off the air next month for a while and even off the internet our sites will be there and things but we are are at the point where we have to make a move before winter we have to and so the lord's opened up some stuff for us so we have to move on it and uh, we've been working on this for some time we're not at liberty to say anything but as we get closer we'll let you know and <clears throat> and go from there. So at any rate, we're ready to go on this. Okay, so first and last, Isaiah's prophetic book, part 146 on battle lines. First and last, and the Alpha and the Omega brings the beginning of Judah's captivity, judgment, and chastisement to an end. The relationship with Jehovah is now joined with Jacob and Israel, who calls God my who God calls my called. The overriding lesson here is the mercy, grace, and love of God for His chosen. It is here that chastisement can come to correct His beloved, who is walking in a man manner contrary to the will of God. God's love, though, will. Bring his beloved back. And now back to you, and I'll see you on the other side. Okay. And Isaiah is really good to look at when we're dealing with, you know, how God deals with his chosen. In the Old Testament, it gives us a very good uh, look at the whole thing from the very beginning of God's dealing clear to the end when. Uh, you know, after God had sent Judah into captivity and delivered them. And we've covered that extensively. And we are going to be moving ahead from that. And, uh, you know, there's one thing. As many times as God has talked about chastisement and talked about judgment, uh, you know, the Lord even told Jeremiah not to pray for this people. Um, and even if Moses or Abraham was to intercede before the Lord, neither one of them would be able to do anything but deliver their own soul. They wouldn't be able to help Judah out. That is that is how contentious uh, the trouble was, the sin of Judah at the time. And of course, all of this applies to today's society, and especially America. You know, God is only going to deal with you so much. And uh, thank God there's a long grace period. I mean, even for Judah, he sent him into captivity, and after the judgment was over, he brought him back. So although he had been done with them and told Jeremiah not to pray for him, you know, he did what had to be done, but he still brought him back. And so today in Christianity, we have to understand that, of course, through the New Covenant, we have a grace period. But God is not going to put up with us transgressing. And he's not going to put up, and we, we talk about this, for an, you know, an ongoing forever after 
sin and iniquity by a people that won't listen. And I think one of the stupidest things humans could do is stop listening to God. But see, there's a lot of them that don't even believe in the Lord. So we're going to begin at uh, Isaiah 48, 11. For my own sake, even for my own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted, and I will not give my glory unto another. Well, you know, the Lord God was known as the God of Israel. And so when you take the God of the God of Israel and he looks at the other part of his name, meaning Israel, the God of Israel, and you see how they have other gods, they pass their children through the fire and many other iniquities, you know, that violates the sanctity of God's name. And so, he also says, I will not give my glory unto another. God protects his glory. Now, uh, I'm going to read a little bit. Now, now, as soon as we get through with this, we're going to be going into a little bit different section. Of this, but this is Ezekiel thirty-six seventeen through twenty-eight, and Ezekiel was the prophet that went into captivity with Judah. And um, verse seventeen of Ezekiel thirty-six. Of course, you get into uh, some of Ezekiel. And you have something that uh, Ezekiel 38, 39, 37, 38, 39. You also have the temple that's in Ezekiel. You have a lot of stuff there that is very, very prophetic, very, very uh, important in regard to both Israel and prophecy. Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and their doing, by their doings. Their way was not before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman. Wherefore I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land, and for their idols wherewith they had polluted it. Now this has to do with Judah. But it also has to do a lot when you have a people that claim to have a relationship with the Lord God. Today we do, Christians, through Yahshua, the Messiah. And if God did not tolerate the uncleanness of the house of Israel, he is not going to tolerate the uncleanness of a people who have had grace heaped upon them, and they have received that grace through Christ Jesus our Lord. And yet in spite of that grace and the provision of his spirit in the word of God. They turn their back upon the Lord God. How do you think the judgment would be? Now, Paul even talked about this, how much more the judgment would be upon those of us who trod under the blood of Christ. And that's literally what you're doing as a Christian when you don't understand that the grace through Christ means you must walk in the light. You read First John 1, it tells you that. You read the apostles, they will all talk about it in a different way, but they will always tell you where you need to be walking. So wherefore, verse 18 he says, wherefore, because of the fact that they were so unclean, 
I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land and for their idols wherewith they had polluted it. And of course, the blood is part of the blood guilt that God demands justice for. And, you know, I mean, look at America today. Our murder rates are up. We have entire generations of women that want to do nothing but abort babies most of the time just so they can ha don't have to worry about sex. And if she isn't worrying about it, the boy that uh, she had the sex with may not want her to go through and have the pregnancy. So, so there's a thing that I call blood guilt, and it's in Scripture. And there's a penalty for the shedding of blood. In verse 19, the result was, he says, And I scattered them among the heathen, and they were dispersed through the countries. According to their way and according to their doings, I judged them. And when they entered unto the heathen, whether they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said to them, These are the people of the Lord, and are gone forth out of his land. So the people called Judah, the people of the Lord. Now see, you've got a problem there again. Because you're associating the Lord, this is the word Yahweh, associating with his people who are unclean. And, and that is profaning his holy name. I mean, it's something that you need to pay attention to. But I had pity for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whether they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen, whether you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned. Now, You know, in case you don't think God is serious, you get up here, they were unclean, and they shed blood, they polluted the land, they profaned his holy name, that's the first time. Israel had profaned his holy name among the heathen. That's another time. Which you have profaned among the heathen. That's a fourth time. Which you have profaned in the midst of them. That's a fifth time. Now, God has mentioned profaned five times in these verses. This is about as big a warning as you're going to ever get. Because if the church forgets this, in Christianity you can still profane the name of the Lord. And there are people that profane the name of the Lord all the time. And I've been in the presence of Christians who have cursed the name of the Lord. But see, these people profaned the name of the Lord because of the iniquity that they did, and they still claimed to be, they were called the people of the Lord. Well, they're not the people of the Lord. If they profaned his name, and he said it four times, he has cast them off, but he's going to bring them back. But the, the point of it is, is that there is that point in that relationship where God is not going to allow his name to be profaned. And I got news for you. That's even under the grace we know of today. Now we can come and we can ask the Lord to forgive us and we can come unto God and be restored. But if you have a habit of going back, doing it all the time, you're going to reach that point of no return. I can guarantee that. And finally he says, for I will take you from among the heathen 
and gather you out of all the countries and will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new a heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart of your, out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I'll be your God. Now, that's actually a prophecy there. And that's also talks of the new birth. That, that's referring to the time when the Messiah has finally come. And as Paul says, all of Israel shall be saved. The law does not give you a new heart. You need to be born again of the Spirit of God. John 3. You need to receive the Messiah, Yahshua. John 1. You need to walk in the light as he is in the light. 1 John 1. Also understand that he's the vine and you're the branch. That's connected to that walking in the light. That's John 15. So you have to understand that there is a relationship there. And as God held Israel accountable, and the priests, the prophets, everybody connected to that house was carried away captive and many didn't make it. They lost their temple, they lost Jerusalem, they lost their inheritance, they lost everything for 70 years. Now I've got news for the churches in America and around the world and for Christians in general. If God will do that and is serious about his name being profaned in the sight of the heathen, make no mistake, America, church, Christian, this is not loose grace to which you have been saved. This is a relationship with the living God. And I reject this easy grace and do anything that you want attitude. You need to repent and set your focus on Christ and walk in the light as he is in the light. So now after verse 11 and after we went through Isaiah and we understand the profanity, the profane, saying it five times in that section. Verse 12 starts out in a different tone. I mean, totally. <laughs> One little verse. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he. I am the first. I am also the last. Jacob, Israel, you're my called. I brought you out of the bosom of Abraham. I knew what you went through in Egypt, and I delivered you by the hand of my servant Moses. And I gave you a land, not because of your righteousness, but because of my holiness. And I honored my word to Abraham, my friend. I deal with mankind. I created mankind. I am he, but I am also the first and I am the last. There is nobody before me. There was nobody after me. Now, Isaiah 41, 8 through 9, we've already covered this. But this reminds us of the very thing I was just saying. But thou, Israel, my servant, you are my servant. Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend, Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, 
Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. Now see, that's part of the prophecy of Isaiah. And there again, that also is dealing with Judah in Babylon and God going to be delivering them. So the Lord calls three times for Israel to hear. Hearken to me, O Jacob, and in Israel, verse 12. All you assemble yourselves in here, verse 14. Come near unto me, and hear ye this, verse 16. Now see, we haven't gotten to those yet, but that's in the context of where we're going. So the next section begins with this little thing, Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel. And so this is telling them to pay attention. Why? Because he doesn't want to destroy them. It's time to bring them out. They have spent the 70 years there. And they have suffered. And there's people that died. And Jerusalem was desolate of the promised children. The temple was not there. Because of sin and iniquity. Now, you see, Israel's back in the land today, but it's a sparse comparison to what they had under David or Solomon. And Israel does not have the temple today. Now, they have plans. And they've got priests that they're training to know how to do everything. But Israel is living under the literal old covenant while God has passed on to the new covenant. And this is where people get in trouble when they say God has two ways. No, he doesn't. He has one. But he will bring Israel along. Verse 13. My hand also has laid the foundation of the earth. My right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. Boy, I'd like to see that. And so, you know, this is, <laughs> this is the big guy in the block, folks. You know, and in school, there was some big guys there. But there's nothing compared to the Lord. No matter how tough they are, no matter what principality and power, Christ defeated them all on Calvary. So in verse 12, he says, I am he. I'm the first and the last. I was before everything. I created everything. There's not going to be anything after me. And he says, my right hand spanned the heavens, the very things that we look up and they're vast, and I call unto them and they stand up together. <laughs> it's hard to imagine, you know, some entity, a God, that literally created the heavens but see, before Christ come, the heavens are going to scroll up. They're going to roll up. And the heavens are going to disappear and the Lord's going to be coming. See, we as minute humans live on this little plot of earth. And we spend our times, many times bickering and fighting among nations and like in America today we've got division and hatred we've got pride and every kind of evil and we in America today no I'm not but there's a vast majority of young people as well they're into witchcraft and they're into many other evil things of which they're doing and that is not going to save you that isn't even going to fill the void in your heart. And you should take it from the example of Israel alone. You're not going to argue with God. See, Israel tried to argue with God by saying, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't care. God sent the prophets. One of them was Jeremiah. They wouldn't listen to him. And they spoke back to him. Don't talk to us. Speak to us of smooth things. We don't want to hear this. 
Well, there's a time that you need to listen to the voice of, of the one who God gave the anointing to to speak truth. They can be a prophet. They can be a priest. They can be even a political person. God can speak through anybody. And what God did, he spoke to the Babylon Babylonians through Cyrus, who he called to destroy him. God doesn't have to destroy him. He just calls a servant. And the servant wasn't a Jew, but he did it anyway and set Judah free. See, these are things you need to pay attention to. And see, this is the problem when you get into the world and you listen to the smooth talk of many people here who don't want to believe the truth, who mock Scripture, who mock Christianity, and they mock the Jews, they mock the Lord, and they do everything. And, of course, Psalm 2 gives you a good overview of that. Verse 14, All ye assemble yourselves in here, which among them hath declared these things. The Lord hath loved him, and he will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm shall be on the Chaldeans. The Lord has loved Judah, Israel. He called them. And he's going to do his good pleasure on Babylon, on the Chaldeans. He says, I, even I, have spoken. Yea, I have called him. I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. Come you near unto me, and hear this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God in his spirit hath sent me. Now see, in this verse, the prophet is saying firsthand that I have not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was. There am I. And the Lord God and his spirit has sent me. That is Isaiah talking plainly, saying that God had called him, that God has been with him, and it's the Lord who sent him to tell them these things. And, well, it's, you know, sometimes it's really hard to get the message out to people. They don't want to hear. They're stubborn. Now, you could say that some of the most stubborn people on earth would be the Jewish people. But I would quickly add in a few more groups. <laughs> like mankind in general. The nations of men in general. You know, Judah doesn't have, neither did Israel. The whole house of Israel didn't have, you know, the whole portion of stubbornness and nobody else had any. Neither did they have the whole portion of uncleanness. But what they did have that was unique, they had a God who is the Lord our God, who is the first and last, who was a friend of Abraham and called him and said, in thee shall all the nations of earth be blessed. All the nations, not just Judah. God never intended to just let the rest of the nations go to hell in a handbasket. He had always intended to reach to them. And God... You know, and sometimes I think that that's what we need today is a true old-time prophet to get the attention, especially of America. Now, God is going to send two old-time Jewish prophets, the likes of which, when they come, the generations of men at that time 
will have never seen two prophets like that ever. And they may not have ever read about them. And those who did read about them would never have believed when these people, these two, show up. Because they're going to have a job. They are here to do a number of things. First of all, with them coming, it shows Israel. Because they will be looking for prophets with signs and wonders. They'll be looking for the Lord. And they're also assigned to the unbelieving nations as a testimony that all the things <clears throat> that they have denied about the Lord are true. Because if you think God is worried about the stubbornness of men and women, about the corruption of men and women, and there's only two sexes, that's the way it is. And for all the blathering that this younger generation does and claim all the pronouns and everything, all that is is godless fodder. Because when you die and your skeleton <clears throat> is laying out in the sun and it becomes bleached white and thousands of generations pass, You know, they can know what sex you are merely by looking at the bones. And it'll be just like God said. God made them male and female. But see, this is part of the end time delusion. It's because when God called, you did not answer. Therefore, I will choose your delusions and bring your own fears upon you. That's another Isaiah verse. Now, Albert Barnes talks about this uh, a little bit, speaking, addressing the prophet. When he says, there am I, and now the Lord God in the Spirit has sent me to speak the truths he was told to speak. And Barnes says, it is a full claim to divine inspiration and is one of the many assertions which are found in the scriptures where the sacred writers claim to have been sent by God and taught by his Spirit. Make no mistake, as believers today through Yahshua and being born again to the Spirit, receiving the Lord, repenting of our sins, walking in his light, you can be taught of the Spirit. You can be led of the Spirit. There are many gifts of the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit, and those that sow to the Spirit of God will of that Spirit receive life everlasting. Those who sow to the flesh shall reap corruption. That's the Apostle Paul. In verse 17, it says, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Now, I like this verse. We're discussing Judah now. They've been in captivity for 70 years. 
and you can add plus a little bit because it took them a little bit of time to get back there and do everything they were doing but that began the ball rolling so to speak but see here after we go through all this you know we're saying thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer he is their Redeemer now not their judge the Holy One of Israel the Lord thy God which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that you should go. So the Lord, that first word is Yahweh, Jehovah. That is the covenant name of God. Thy Redeemer, they've been redeemed. That's another covenant. The Holy One of Israel, the one who brought them out from the beginning, who knew Abraham. I am. Tell them, I am that I am hath sent me. What do you mean, I am? Well, I am. There was nobody with me. I am. Nobody else did it. I am that I am. What do you mean, who am I? I am created you. And so he was going to teach them to profit. You know, are we talking money? No. He's going to teach them how to do things what God wants so they don't wind up in trouble again. And lead you in a way that you should go. See, that's why Yahshua came. That's why he, you know, it says in 1 John 1 to walk in the light as he is in the light. Because as he walked in the light is how we need to be walking in the light. And so although there was many sins in Judah that led them to being sent into captivity, the Lord had taught Israel before. And they did have prophets that tried to bring Israel around. And it's the same way today. God will lead his people in the way that they should go. Psalm 25, 8 through 15 has some good verses that are applicable. Verse 8, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he will teach sinners in the way. Well, I'll tell you, if there's one place that needs God to teach sinners in the way, that's in, in America because we got a lot of sinners. But the good thing about being a sinner is it's not too late to repent. And God's willing to listen if you're willing to repent. If you find yourself up against a wall and you don't know where to go, go to the Lord. Test him out. But you have to be true in your heart when you come to him. You got to give him everything. Empty yourself. And I know what that is. There was a long time ago when I had a few arguments with the Lord. I still believed in him. And I was busy raising a family and working. When God finally got through to me. I remember... We had a prayer room set up. I went in there and started repenting. And I repented for everything. And I was wailing and crying and I couldn't even control myself. Couldn't even talk. <laughs> and for the longest time that's what I was doing. And all of a sudden I quieted down. And I, and I heard a small, still voice. And it said, are you finished now? Then get up. And that's what I did. 
Because God has patience. He knows you have a lot of sins. If you're willing to repent, he's willing to listen. So he returned everything around. It was a tough path. Verse 9, the meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Now our covenant today is through Yahshua and his work on the cross and his blood, the blood of his covenant. And the testimony of the Lord is this, that he came and died on the cross for our sins. Fulfilling the blood of the covenant and making a way for us to be reunited to him. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with him that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. You ever need a good psalm to meditate? Psalm 25 is a good one. So he's going to lead you, which leadeth thee. In other words, he says, I am thy conductor and guide. As Albert Barnes reflects on this, God taught them, as he does his people now, by his providence, his revealed word and, and his spirit. He reveals to them the way in which they ought to go. It is one of his characteristics that he is the guide and director of his people. So we're facing many things in the world today. And there's a lot of things that are going to go on. A lot of things you don't know what's coming. But this is the day and the hour where you need to seek the Lord and trust in him. And reflect that he is our conductor and our guide. That he will show us his revealed word. And through his spirit, he will show us the way in which we ought to go. Because that's the way he is. The wicked, unless they repent will not have it easy. For the Lord is continually angry with the wicked. But the righteous are his. And he commands all men everywhere, and that means women, to repent. Scripture says a lot of things. And you can either call it a fool's paradise or you can see it as the nugget of God. The wisdom thereof hidden within. Because there are many people over the years that I've seen and met that mock the things of God. Yet God has not been moved away from his purpose and his holiness for one iota of a millisecond time does not affect him he is the same yesterday today and forever and the same God that delivered Israel Judah delivered both houses and he's bringing the lost tribes back as we speak God is able to do that. And that's what he's doing here in dealing with Judah. Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandment, my commandments, 
Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of sea. Thy seed also had been as the sand, and the offspring of thy bowels like the gravel thereof. His name should have not been cut off nor destroyed from before him. See, this is what he's saying. Now, see, God is delivering them, but there's 70 years in there where they did not. They didn't listen. They had no peace. They didn't have righteousness. And they didn't get blessed in their house. But see, this is what he wants to do. But that's really something that we need to pay attention to. That's something that we need to understand. In Deuteronomy 32, 28-44, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but that's a good section to look at. For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. Now, see, this is in Deuteronomy, Moses' song. And he reflects all the things that he's going through and the things he's singing. Verse 31, For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. Verse 32, For their vine is the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall, gall and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is as the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of the asps. Then he goes down, verse 35, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Verse 36, For the Lord shall judge his people. God warned Israel from the very beginning. And as Gentiles and the Gentile nations, and even among the Jews, there is a God in heaven that will hold all men accountable for their sins. And one thing that Isaiah teaches us is there is an authority of God. And there's an authority that extends to a nation that had walked away from him while still calling him their God. And he sent him into judgment for that. He will not tolerate the sin and iniquity. For even our scripture says, for the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's the same thing in today's covenant through Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Think not that you can do anything you want and the pastors can teach anything they want in these churches, especially in America today. Because you went to college and you got a degree, a doctorate, what you need is to know the true and living God. For if you're truly born again, you have the spirit of the living God. But sin and iniquity he will not tolerate. 
Now next time we'll begin at verse 20. Father, thank you for your word. Bless those that have heard this whenever they do. Bless them and be with them. Watch over them and keep them. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. Okay. God, love Isaiah and the move and the workings of the Lord God. You know, I, I like, I do like Isaiah. I do too. It's a lot of rich stuff in there. There is. And one of the things I like is tell my people it will be well with them. Yeah. And that's found, we covered that at the beginning of the book. Because uh, they were talking about judgment. Isaiah was charged with that. Going to tell him the judgment. But the Lord told him to tell him. To tell them rather. Tell the righteous it shall be well with him. For he shall eat the fruit of his doings. Amen. And tell the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for he shall eat the fruits of his doing. Of his doing. Yeah. Now go fast forward to Revelation 22. And scripture says, he that is wicked, let him be wicked still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still, for I come quickly and my reward is with me. That's the New Testament version of the very same thing Isaiah wrote. There's a couple of other comparisons in that, but you can find it. Revelation 22. Look for it. And God is faithful to his word. Yes. He's not a man that he should lie. Well, thank God for that. We got a lot of politicians that'll do that. Yes, we do. Well, we wouldn't trust in them anyway. A lot of people do. Well, that's true. Or they lie and you expect them to do something and they do something entirely different, you know. Right. <laughs> oh, didn't I tell you I was going to do this? No. <laughs> oh, I told you another thing. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that's why you voted for me, but I wouldn't do that. Well, see, I had multiple choice on my list. <coughs> I only knew I was going to do one of them. Yeah. Welcome to America in the end of days. But see, this is one where all the nations are involved. And we're facing serious stuff. And this stuff with uh, Russia and Ukraine and the way Biden and his administration are playing tootsie putsy with it is not good. No. Because uh, Putin means business. That reminded me of the, a little funny I seen. Kermit the Frog was drinking tea and he said, Send the 87,000 IRS agents to Ukraine. They'll find a lot of our tax dollars there. Yeah. I'm sure they will. Yep. If there's going to be Ukraine left. Now, of course, the big word about that was they were... Um, they had run uh, Russia out of one part of Ukraine. But this thing isn't over. we got to get out of here. Okay, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. Stay safe. Be careful. And look to the Lord. Pray for us as we pray for you and pray for your brethren around the world. Good night, everybody. Until next time. Shalom, everybody.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.